Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, Welcome everybody. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Paradox. I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy. And are you in for a treat today? Are you having a good day? Yes, I am. Josh. It's a busy day. Every day is a good day. Is it? When because, you're not six feet under. And because we have hope in the Lord. Amen. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you focused on the death yeah. piece. <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about our children, and this is going to get a little touchy, how our children are called to stand out. I had a mom. She hated the way her daughter dressed. She said she dresses like a, that was a beep. Say what? That was a beep with a bad voice. And of course, my first question was then, you know, what, what did she do? How did, did she earn the money to buy these? I mean, she's 13 and she admitted that she bought them, um, but she said she just looks you know, like a, like a, like a loose person, like she has no morals and that's the way they all dress. And I said, well, then why do, why do you keep buying her these clothes? And she said, well, I don't want her to stand out. So what was your reaction to that? I don't do this often, but I did slap her and I felt bad. <laughs> I felt, I felt really bad and I thought she was going to call the board, uh -huh, uh -huh. but it's this, I, and that's the internal struggle. As much as we laugh at a mom like that, we all feel, we that. all do that yep. in some degree or another. I, I want my child to stand out. I know that we're called to be a peculiar people, but we just don't want our children to feel like they're a pariah. So when their friends come over, we want them to have the same video games. We want them to go to the same movies. We want them to um, dress in the same way, uh, go to the same parties. And yet we want them to be different. But when it comes to allowing them to be different, making choices that would then make them different, a lot of times we're very hesitant. Well, and I would even argue because... You know, you say we want them to be different, but they're not. I would argue that we probably don't want them to be different mm. all that much. Okay. Um, just like individually, we we don't yeah. necessarily want to stand out either. But and I, I kind of see two problems with that. The first Peter three has always been an interesting uh, passage. In it, it it actually Peter communicates to us to always be prepared to give an account of the hope that we have inside. I have never been asked. Really? I was like a couple of times this morning on the way to work, I was asked that. <laughs> really? You've never had that? Well, it's like, I've never been asked, but we should always be prepared like it's going to happen often. I, yeah. I don't think I stand out enough. You know, I actually, uh, I love I, that point, by the I way. I probably have 
just as many complaints and just as much lack of hope in a political system, right? Like I'm probably glasses half empty like the rest of our culture. And so I really don't. And this is this is not only in dress and in technology, but also just uh, the 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 hope or lack thereof that we possess in life. I don't stand out. I'm not asked. And there's a difference. We should. We're called to be salt and light. The idea being preservation and giving taste and shedding light and healing. And we should, uh, the hope we have in God should be, should make us not only set apart, but actually attractive. We we should be. By the way, which is the impetus for a lot of people to become believers. It was for me. I went to a camp and I said, wow, here's about 400 kids that have something I don't have. And I want whatever they're drinking. It should be desirable. Mm -hmm. We're so often not desirable. And there's issues with that. I know that I'm going to, uh, this is a dead horse. And I am picking up a bat to begin to beat it one more time. If If our main parenting philosophy is, which it should be, I want to be to my children as God is to me, then how are we then to be to our children? And we've, most all of us have, many of us, strike that, many of us have adopted this, I, all I want is for my child to be happy. And we've touched on this before. We'll touch on it many, 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 many more times because repetition is the greatest form of learning. Hmm. No, our job is not to make sure that our children are happy. Quite the opposite. And yet that's what we try to do. We don't want them to experience anything uncomfortable you know, anything that's slightly painful, we don't want them to experience. And in the area of being excluded from friends or whatever, we absolutely fall victim to that. Guys, if y'all have not read David Platt's Radical, you need to, well, first get toe-to-toe with your teen and read through that completely. <laughs> Every James Dobson book. Uh, no, just toe-to-toe. And fearless parenting out in July. You can pre-order today. Uh, so get you those two. I thought I was going to have to shamelessly plug your books. You take no, care of that for no. me. I'm just trying to help the people. <laughs> this is a show of the people, Josh. So get those two first. But if you have not read through David Platt's Radical, Run, Don't Walk. Uh, run, Don't Walk. Um, you and your spouse, you sit down, you read that book together and it will just make a part of your body pucker. Well, it should. Yeah. Here's what he said. He's recounting a story of these two teenagers. Let me repeat, teenagers in Asia, in a country in Asia that Christianity is illegal. They were meeting in an underground church, and he met these two teenagers. And Platt says to me, oh, by the way, they were there to be trained in order to go plant churches in another now these two teenage brother and sister were going to plant churches in an area of that country uh, that they didn't even have underground churches yet teenagers platt recounts ling said to me i've told my family that i will likely never come back home i'm getting to i'm going to hard places to make the gospel known and it's possible that i will lose my life in the process But then uh, the brother added, but our families understand our mom and dad have been to prison for their faith and they have taught us that Jesus is worth all our devotion. Ouch. I'm going, okay, well, is Jesus, are we teaching our kids that Jesus is worth 
all our devotion or he's worth our devotion up to the point where we're slightly uncomfortable and feel as though we might stick out a tad. I'm reminded of Galatians 6.12. It says, it's those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cause of Christ. If we do something that we know we probably shouldn't do just to avoid persecution, that's what Paul was talking about. We theoretically, if we all believe what we say we believe, Jesus promised that we would suffer, promised that we would suffer for his name. And in fact, we're no closer to the heart of Christ than when we are suffering hardships. Uh, what in James, count it pure joy when you undergo these various kind of trials because there's a purpose. And again, we're not asking, most of us are not asking our children to go to some place that they could be beheaded. We're just asking them not to go to a party, not to wear shorts that shows half their butt cheeks. It's, we're, we're not asking them to do radical things. We're asking them to do for a believer, just normal things. And I would add this caveat. And when we talk about the idea of persecution, persecution is like you find in Asia, you know, in in Syria, in Iraq and 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 our persecution is not simply because you find yourself a conservative Republican and people take issue with that and yes, oh is. I'm just yes it is I'm doing the Lord's work here yes it is <laughs> so if anyone talks down about Ronald Reagan I'm being persecuted <laughs> let's redefine how we view even persecution um, so so certainly problems co- arise when when we want to make our life cushy for our kids and when we don't want them to stand out. So how do we solve that? So I've said this many times before, and I'll say it many times after. We have got to purposely deny ourselves and subsequently our children. This very thing that Scripture tells us to deny ourselves is what our culture tells us to be true to. We have got to learn not only for ourselves personal self-denial, but we've also got to teach that with our kids. We have to tell them no, not because we can't, just simply because they don't get everything we can provide them, whether it's the latest gaming system or whether it's random dessert after dinner. And see, people are going to think, wow, that's harsh. Wow, why would you do that? If you could provide that for them and they would really like it, and you could, why in the world would you not do that? But again, if we're to parent as God parents us, God could allow me to win the lottery. And I've told him that I would tithe. So it's like a win-win <laughs> for God. He could do, absolutely he could do that, but he doesn't. Do, he could provide that every day, all day, yep. but he chooses not to. Because hearing no out of our mouth and them going, huh, that's interesting. That kind of hurts a little bit. But you know what? Life goes on. And then they themselves move on. That's an incredibly important lesson, not just for adulthood, but also for our spiritual walk. So denying our kids every whim um, as well as and and obviously we can give them gifts. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But when you turn around and everything they ask for 
that you can actually provide, right? There's some things, depending upon our financial situation, they ask for the latest Xbox. We really can't do that, so we don't. But for those families that can, not turning around and just giving everything that they ask, if we can meet that need, teaching them self-denial. I would also say this, our family, so if we want our kids to look different, our family has to look different, and therefore our marriages have to look different. Therefore, our families also have to look different. And our families are really a reflection of the marital relationship. So our marriages have to look different. I'm going to say this, and I probably don't mean what you think I mean. But we really shouldn't be divorcing each other left and right. I'm not saying that we can't, there's never a grounds for that. But it's the rarest instances. It's like the extreme physical abuse. It's, it's not, well, my husband just doesn't necessarily love me like I think he should love me. So, and vice versa, my wife doesn't necessarily give me sex when I want it. And so we, no, if we're to be different, if our kids are to look different, our families should look different, our families are to look second. different. Hold on, our marriages should look different. Did you say I can't divorce if I don't get sex enough? Because <laughs> this, you didn't say we we're going to talk about that. I, okay. So... That divorce, was new information is all I'm saying. For Christian families, divorce has to be the rare, rare instance, I mean, not nearing half yeah, like the general population. You nailed it, actually. And how often do I tell you that you nail something? Rarely. This is like twice It's today. amazing. But man, are we not the same as with our children. If I don't get what I want, I'm going to take my teddy bear and go home. Where is that? What is that? Where did that come from? Uh, you won't find it. We're not talking about abandonment, abuse, uh, 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 adultery. We're talking about my needs aren't being met, which I've told you before. That book, His Needs, Her Needs, uh, it's a useful book uh, to help start a fire in your fireplace. But that whole idea, now again, no, it's a great book. <laughs> the guy knows more about relationships than I'll ever know. But the idea that my spouse is going to meet my needs is ludicrous, even though your mother meets every one of my needs. Hey, oh. And, and that she's fantastic and yeah, she's never she's failed perfect. me ever. Yeah. But in a, as a general rule, that's crazy to be thinking that way. So deny ourselves. We've really got to readdress our marital relationships as believers and, and, and consider less of, a, of an option, this idea of divorce. I would also say we've got to readdress our calendars. Don't calendar everything. Stop the busyness. That's another thing that our culture suggests that we almost have to. You know, you almost start in kindergarten building a college resume, and it's like, good God, we've got to stop somewhere. And so readdressing our calendar, your child doesn't have to do every sport. In fact, them only picking one or two so they can also attend their sister's events are really, really healthy part of that denial of self. And then lastly, I'll say this, um, live below your means. Uh, we've talked certainly finances recently, um, but our culture says finances, we've got to spend to the max. And as believers, we can have more time for our family, not only vacations, but also just serving. I don't know how many times with the busyness and having to make money, you know, there's someone that I could stop and help, but I have to go. I have to be somewhere. I have to go and do. Um, and as believers, we stop and we help. Yeah. And, and I feel bad because, you know, I was able to do probably with you three kids, thousands of hours of service with you guys uh, from feeding the hungry. I can, 
I can think of each one of you on the mission field in some capacity that I saw you reach out. But it was my job. I mean, I got to do it because that's what, what my job was as a, as a minister, taking you guys on, on mission trips. And, I, and you just go, man, if everyone could have that experience. And I get it that most of you guys don't get paid to go do that. But carving out the time. Well, and also the idea of living below your means. Yeah. So you, you can carve out yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. My point here on how to address this problem uh, is to instill in our kids from an early age, we're different. We're different. And not only is that simply okay, that's fantastic. You know, God loves that, that we are different. We're supposed to be different. Good Lord, what would that mean if we were not different? So from a very, very early age, that's okay because this is who we are as a family. And, and you know what? You're not different from Susie and from Billy, who, you know, who we go to church with in our small group. You're not different from them, are you? No. So you're not different from everybody. You're just different from some people. And so <clears throat> teach them from an early age that difference is good. Difference is not to be avoided. I know that we can also kind of go ape crap crazy with this idea of being different. Because then we just build big walls and we totally segregate ourselves away from culture. I saw a news article from a Christian magazine just within the last couple of weeks. And it was, with all the stuff that's going on, the title of the piece was, Is It Time for Christians to Withdraw from Culture? Nice. What? Oh. Wow. I bet, I bet God would just be really pleased with that. Go you into all the world, teach you. And by the way, do it from the confines of your tightly gated barbed wire, Constantine wire around your house. Home. Of course we can't withdraw from culture. Not only are we not supposed to withdraw from culture, we're called to impact and transform culture. And you can't transform culture by retreating out of it. So, Yes, we're to be different, and yes, we are to be separate. Be ye separate. What association does light have with darkness? Yes. But it is not a separation. It's a separation of behavior, not of influence and compassion and service. And sometimes I think we throw the baby out with the bathwater when we go, man, we've got to stand, we got to stand apart. We've got to be separate. Yes, absolutely. In our behavior, what we do and why we do it, without question. But not from proximity to, not um, uh, service to, love of <clears throat> the, the vilest sinner. Because when we use separation that way, our kids tend to learn not only is that sin bad, but from a very early age, they learn that whoever's doing that sin is bad, too. So those are bad people. Hmm. And no, God, well, OK, fine. Call them bad. We're bad, too. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And we're called to love those bad people. So, yes, we're telling you it's great for our kids to stand out. Yes, it's proper. It's it's healthy. It's good spiritually. But we can also go overboard with that concept. We're talking about our behaviors not our love 
and influence of those that are lost. Bilbo cues the exit music. If you enjoyed today's show, which I'm uh, sure you did, Jimbo, what's the please website? Please admit it. ESPN.com. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Paradoxpodcast.com. Yes, paradox so if. Uh, <laughs> If this, uh, if this episode, if you want more information, we're going to have three to four extra steps if this connects with you and you want um, further steps to kind of to, to, to think through and to change with your family, paradoxpodcast.com. Go to the show notes. It's under the episode tag. You can also find our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram there at paradoxpodcast.com as well. We have a couple of great episodes coming up for you next week, so stay tuned. It was a blast. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Anytime someone speaks to you, I'm sure it begins something like, how did a mild-mannered English professor get a file with the FBI? <laughs> Actually, you're the first one to just come flat out and ask me you're that. Kidding. So, um... That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. How did that come about? Oh, well... <laughs>